1: Nicole. Hey, Janine. How's your week been? Girl, scratching and surviving. (laughs) It has been so rough. Uh,
0: Tell the people what
1: you're doing. Well, this part has been rough. I'm at the uh, American Medical Association Conference in Chicago. It's always here every year in June. Same weekend, going through the weekday um, until Wednesday. So I am here representing the women physician section, which represents all female doctors in the country, regardless if you're a member or not. We represent you. OK, so um, I'm here, you know, basically discussing policies or what policies should be introduced on behalf of physicians to our elected officials, basically. So it's a really cool meeting and that it's big advocacy and policy meeting. But y'all, the stuff that has gone on while I've been here is just ridiculous. Yesterday, a tornado hit Chicago. You talk about everybody like, uh, I guess we got to go to the basement. <laughs> hit Chicago. I mean, and looking at the news, it actually caused a lot of damage. There's apartment buildings with... No roofs on them. People have to evacuate and find somewhere else to live. There are trees down here. And then to add insult to injury, it's 98 degrees today. People are dying. There are like heat index advisories out right now because with the heat index, it's like 105 to 108. People from Chicago, they're not used to that. So people are like, don't go outside without water and an umbrella. I'm like, I live in Houston. Okay, thank you. It's always 100 degrees where I am, but I know that you guys are suffering because you're not used to this sweltering heat that we've been used to since like February, okay? We have been hot for a long time and we'll be hot. It's not even summertime yet. Summer hadn't even hit yet, okay? First day of summer is the 21st of June, so... Yeah, so that's happened. You know, my child flew down to Atlanta with his father without me for his first play date for school. No, I still have not signed a contract. I know, just look at the Janine Janine's face like you signed a contract. No, not yet. I'm still negotiating, but I do think I'm going to probably be moving in that direction. So we got to make sure we have Harrison some school options. So he had a play date. We, we fly all the way down there and back for a 45 minute play date. who makes this stuff up you know and then we'll do the family zoom interview tomorrow so we'll see what happens there my if my baby's gonna get accepted or not but he did good on the plane I heard but I was sort of sad that I couldn't go with him you know that's his first little school play date and I wasn't there oh
0: well I'm glad that he did
1: well are you excited Uh, Excited wouldn't be the word I would use to describe this whole situation. I am coping with the transition, okay? Transition out of one job, transitioning Harrison into school, trying to provide some sense of stability for him, trying to make sure he gets a good foundation. And the fact that we're interviewing for schools and we don't know where we're going to live is sort of kind of nerve wracking, okay? The fact that I haven't signed a contract yet And I know I have to make a decision before my child starts school. Yeah, I'm a little nerve wracked. Yeah, so I I just say, this is just the state of transition. This too shall pass. So I am just keep, I'm I'm gonna keep on going, keep doing what I have to do. I'm gonna do my job so I can make sure I collect my check, make sure these patients are safe and I'm gonna do the things I need to do to get Harrison set up and the rest shall follow. So it always works out in the end. So I'm not gonna stress about it. But once this little transitioning part gets done which probably takes a couple more months then I'll feel better
0: well I will say that I am excited the look on my face was the look of excitement because if you are leaning in the direction of Atlanta
1: that means that you will be closer I'm excited you're always welcome to come visit you can come visit if we move to Atlanta you could always come visit Houston
0: yeah Houston's too far and like you know it's <laughs> I don't really care for Texas. And it's not because I don't care for the state of Texas itself. It's beautiful. Gorgeous. Love the people for the most part. Love the land. Don't particularly care for the traffic. It's just y'all's governor. Y'all's elected officials just be a little off. I'm okay. That's why I stay out of Texas. Not just Houston, just Texas in general. It's a good place to visit and leave.
1: I feel you but and that's why I'm leaving. <laughs> so, I, can't even, <laughs> I can't even hate. You know, shout out to the Texans, you know, nothing but love. You, you know, I, I like Texas for what it is. There's always something to do in Houston when there's not a pandemic. Okay. But when there's a pandemic and you don't even have the reward of going to do the things you really wanna do and there the concerts that usually come don't are not coming and you just spending a lot of money and on tolls and gas and you spend a lot of time in the car. It's a lot. Okay. But I love Dallas. Dallas is very nice. It's much smaller than Houston. Still traffic, but not as much as Houston. So, um, but I mean, Houston wasn't bad. If I were just going there to play or if I worked and lived in the same area and I didn't have to go nowhere else, then I'd be fine. I'd be fine. But the the hopping and skipping to multiple hospitals is just too much.
0: Yeah. I don't blame you. Let me tell you this. I I mean, obviously, you know, I just got home because we're recording at the almost midnight. <laughs> I will say that we're recording at almost midnight. So I literally just got home. But the drive, I was talking to Ken on the way home on the phone because, you know, there's always some sort of interestingness going on. Um, and I realized how much I hate driving. And I know that we've talked about this before, but like. I really reiterate to myself every single day, the fact that I don't like to drive. If I could have, and it's not even that I just don't like to drive long distances. I don't like being behind the wheel of a car. Let me tell you what I saw today. I literally watched impatient people. Now, mind you, full-on construction, ripping up the road. You know how when they rip up the asphalt and it has those ridges in it? That's what we're driving over, right? So there's full-on construction, full-on asphalt machines, full-on signs. A porta potty is out on the side of the road on the back of a truck, right? People are so impatient that they can't wait to get through the single line of traffic. Now, mind you, it's only about half a mile of, you know, single-lane traffic. That they drive on the shoulder, And then they realize they can't continue on the shoulder because there's also construction vehicles there. And they literally, all three cars run right in the back of each other. All just because you didn't have, but what, a couple minutes of patience? And I just watched it and I'm like, oh, this is about to be an accident. And sure enough, one car, bang, 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 right after each other. And it's like, now you have to sit on the side of the road for 30 minutes, or at least, or however long it takes you to get your information in the middle of traffic and construction all at the same time and sniff this asphalt because you know it don't smell great. When you could have just waited a couple of minutes. And that right there is why I hate driving, because it's never that serious. It's never going to be that serious. So if I could now I won't I won't make any false dreams that if you move to Atlanta, the traffic will be better because that's not the case. But things are at least a little bit closer.
1: Well, I hate that you probably got stuck in traffic because of the wreck, which sort of kind of sucks. Um, Hopefully all three car passengers, hopefully they're okay. They're fine.
0: They all got out. So I guess
1: they're fine. Road rage is real. Y'all need to slow them down. There's no, I, once I realized that when I rush, if I put that, if I put the, the address in the GPS or, you know, most people don't use, you use your phone, the phone GPS, maps, ways, whatever you use. And it says, oh, it's going to take you such, such minutes to get there. So, you know, our goal usually is to shave time off, right? Let me see if I can shave five minutes off this one hour and two minute drive. So I'm going to get there in 57 minutes as opposed to one hour and two minutes because my life is going to be that much better if I get there in 57 minutes instead of one hour and two minutes. And then what happens? You end up going like 85, right? You like speeding through there. And then you run into traffic and you didn't got, you didn't, hurried up to get stuck in traffic. That's what you do. And if you look at it, even if you shave a couple minutes off, you're going to get them back on the back end. It never fails. So once I realized that, I was like, oh, screw it. I'm just going to go to speed limit. I'm going to get there when I get there. If it's meant for me to make my flight, I'll make it. If it's not meant for me to make my flight, guess what? Flights can be rescheduled. I can move some things around. I can call people and say, I'm not going to make it. And I can go from there. You know, there have been times where I've been like really rushing and pressured because I knew I had something to do the next morning. But then I sat there and thought, oh, but if I miss my flight, then that's my excuse to say, hey, remember that speech I was supposed to give in the morning? I'm sorry, we're gonna have to cancel that. And I can sleep in real good, right? Or hey, I thought I was gonna make it back to work on time, but guess what? I ain't gonna make it back. And then I can remote in from the comfort of my bed as opposed to going in person. So guess what? There's always an alternative, okay? If you are rushing. And you know, you're going to be like, you can only do what you can do. Only do what you can and do. And that's the truth.
0: But why is it that we, because I do the same thing, Nicole, I drive and I'm like, oh, it says it's 22 minutes, let's just say. Then it's like, oh, wait a second. Now it says it's 30 minutes. I'm going to cut some time off. I can make it. And then I've actually attempted to divert my route because I think, oh, if I go this way, it'll be quicker. Nope you end up right back in the same traffic. And you are absolutely right. It's a it's a game that we play with ourselves and we keep losing the game. So why keep playing? But I still play it every morning.
1: I play it every day. Okay. So I can't even hate, you know, I didn't gave this big old kumbaya, you know, it'll be there when it gets there, you know, they'll wait on you. You can always find an alternative. And I know I'm the main person that's like, the GPS says I'm going to get there at 119. Let me see if I can get there. I'm supposed to be there by 115. If I arrive at 119, I'm late. Let me see if I can shave some of this time off. I do it every day. Listen, I'm not talking about you. I do it every day. But be safe out there because when you get road rage, you know, you become more aggressive than you usually would be. So then you have a tendency to cause accidents. So we don't want that to happen either. So be safe, people. So, uh, so Janine, so what has happened to you this week besides work? Because you've been, you have been... Busy, honey. Just busy. Let me tell you
0: something. I will say that the busy is paying off. I will say that. Based on some conversations that I had today, the busy is paying off. So it's not just busy. It's busy and productive. And that's the kind of busy that I like. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I've said this before, but my team, they're amazing. I appreciate them. They understand my crazy. They understand the ebbs and flows of the events business. And they're getting it. And like, I just love that they're more great event professionals you know in the world but other than that so a couple of things we are still on this house hunt it's really interesting because i go through these phases where i'm like this is what i want and i think i'm i know and i'm like set this is what i want and then i'm like that's not what i want i've changed my mind i want this so i don't know we're we're still in, in that process but also we're in this like how do i put this just it's it's a very different phase like i feel like there's been a a shift in my Mindset. And I think that it's maturity. And I think that part of it is spirituality. But I think that there's a shift in my mindset. And a lot of it is about, like, kind of what you were just saying, like, control the controllables and everything else. Like, why are you stressing yourself out about this? Like, I'm about to put myself in an early grave, stressing out about things that I cannot control. And I'm not going to do that anymore because where's it going to get me other than sick and in the hospital? And then the other thing that I'm really working on, I'm not really doing a very good job of this. And I've probably been working on this since we started the podcast, is getting more sleep. I'm averaging right now four hours of sleep a night. That is problematic.
1: Y'all, I don't think y'all understand. It's 1023 where I am in Chicago. OK, because, you know, I'm here for this conference. It's 1123 where Janine is. So she's trying real hard to get more sleep, huh? Mm-hmm. Listen, I can't talk about you because I have been burning the midnight oil too flew to Chicago and then flew back home to Houston on Sunday morning and flew back to Chicago Sunday night and got here at one. And all my flights have been landing at like midnight, one o'clock. So we both need to practice what we preach and get more sleep. But that is why I'm trying to remove some of the things that I have responsibilities for, like some of these organizations that aren't really serving me, right? So if it's not going to help you develop personally, and if it's not going to help you develop professionally, well, then you don't need it, right? So you got to get some of that off your, some of the leisure off. So now I'm in the process of getting some of the leisure off and not saying it doesn't matter. I think leisure is really good, especially if you are someone that you know, you may not have a big family or a lot of responsibilities at home. Maybe you're single, you don't have any kids, you know, maybe you need more of a social network so you can do and should do some of these, some more socializing, okay? For me, I got Harrison. I need to spend time with him. I got James. I need to spend time with him. I got all these other organizations. We got the podcast. And so sometimes you just have to regroup and focus. And so for our listeners, I invite you to to make a list of all the stuff you do. And literally like uh, monthly, what do you do monthly? And just cross off the stuff that you like. You know what? This feels burdensome. Like nothing you do should feel like a burden, especially if you're not getting paid to do it. It shouldn't feel like a burden. So cross those off. You can thank me later for for reducing your to-do list. But go ahead and get somebody else to do those or say, hey, you know what? I don't have my favorite line is I, and it's truthful. So it's not a, it's not made up is, hey, I'm sorry. I don't have the capacity to do X, Y and Z. Because you have to be real with yourself. What do you have the capacity to do? And what do you not have the capacity to do? Be honest about that thing. Anyway, I'm on a soapbox.
0: That's a real one. What we have the capacity for is real. And you don't need to feel guilty about not having the capacity for something. I read something and it's very random, but I will move on past this point after I say this. But I read something that was very random. and And it said, it's okay to not be the strong Black woman. And it's okay because we're tired of it we we don't want to be strong all the time. it's okay. it's perfectly fine, and I'm not saying that it makes you any less of a of a woman or less strong even it's just you don't always have to take everything onto your shoulders and I think that we're just learning that as a people in general, but personally, I will say I'm learning it the hard way the the hard way but learning it nonetheless, but we'll we'll do better. Nicole, we will stop texting each other late at night because I mean, unless you're delivering a baby, then, you know, that's different. But yeah, we have to work on getting more sleep and appreciating our own free time more.
1: No, I agree with that. I mean, but you know, when people say, well, I guess we need to do a whole show on this because I could really talk on this because people say it's okay to, uh, to not be a strong black woman. Why never going to be no weak black woman? And, and, and I think that people say it's OK not to be a strong black woman, meaning it's OK to actually be vulnerable sometimes and it's OK to say no sometimes and it's OK not to be able to do it all. But being a strong black woman doesn't mean you're able to do it all. It means you're able to endure more than the usual. So it's not okay. I mean, it's okay for other people to not be able to endure, but it's never going to be okay for me not to be able to endure, ever. So uh when people say that, I'm just like, I think people say that just to say, be saying something. Really, they mean it's okay to like say no or to prioritize yourself. But it takes a strong woman to actually to actually do that. So y'all, we ain't weak. Ain't nothing in, there's nothing in a black woman as weak. Even those that don't do a whole bunch extra, you not Janine 2.0, you know, you still very, very strong. It's just okay to say no and prioritize yourself. Anyway. So Janine, what is on your timeline this week, my dear? So speaking of strong Black women, Russell Wilson and
0: Ciara are, and I was not calling Russell a woman, so let me clarify that, but Russell Wilson and Ciara, the strong Black woman, are on our timeline. Now, they've been on our timeline before. We talked about them. I think the last time we talked about them was because we were talking about stepping up to be a father and how Russell takes care of baby Future as if he's his own. And we also admire their relationship and how they pray together and how cute they are and how they really seem to be in love. Like they really seem to love one another. And they seem to have a very pure, genuine love. It doesn't seem to be put on. It seems that behind closed doors, they do have the same feelings for one another that we see in public. So they're on our timeline. Now, you would think that we would be happy for them, right? And you would think that we would be celebrating this Black love and this great example of Black love, like kind of how we do with Denzel and his wife. But we have to do better. And we know as a people that we have a crabs in a barrel mentality and y'all can write us if you want to and tell us that, no, we have to stop putting that on Black people. We do, as a people, tend to have a crabs in a barrel mentality, especially when it comes to things that we are not specifically comfortable with. And for whatever reason, we tend to not be comfortable with overly affectionate displays of love between two people, which is strange. So let's go. Let me tell you a little bit of the backstory about about how we got to know Sierra. So we know her for her singing and her dancing and for her prayers for her husband that I feel like every woman we found out we were looking for a man we were talking about how we could pray to find one and we wanted to know exactly what that prayer was for now I was married so I wasn't looking for the prayer I need the prayer about how to keep the good husband but not the prayer of how to get the good husband but whatever prayer that was the single women were looking for the prayer right so I digressed. Let's go back to the facts. So before Sierra was a happily married woman with children, she was essentially a beauty and a pop star. So we kind of knew her more for the dancing than the singing, but she was what we would consider a triple threat. She was giving us a you know performance every time she stepped on stage. And as much of a, as a young, I would venture to call her a socialite. So as much of a young socialite as she was, she was dating... A few pretty notable people back in her day. Now, she wasn't giving us Lori Harvey. I will say that. She wasn't dating all the way around the world. She was just dating her her little circle. It, seems, it seemed to be pretty contained to the music and entertainment industry. So she had her fair share of fun. I'll say that. So she was paired with Lloyd at a point. She was paired with Bow Wow at a point and 50 Cent. And those few seem to have been associated with songs that she was making, right? So Bow Wow, 50 Cent, Lloyd, Trey songs, not sure if it was because of a song or not. She was also paired with Amara Stottemeyer from The Knicks. I think that's how you pronounce his name. And then Cam Newton. And of course, we know she was paired with Future. Future, like to have a bunch of kids, Future. And that's who she had a son by. I will say this. She's a hot girl. Let's be honest. She's gorgeous, right? She's gorgeous. She got the moves. She gives you like everything that, you know, most men dream of. Now, because she is a hot girl, I'm not surprised that she went through all of these hot boys. Now, the hot that I'm referring to with the boys is not the same positive hot that I'm referring to with Sierra. I will say that. If we look at the people that I just mentioned, Bow Wow, 50 Cent, even Trey Songs, Cam Newton. If we look at those people, they are a little edgy. And by edgy, I mean rough around the edges. I'm just being nice. They're a little rough around the edges. Let's be honest. If you mention those people, Future, Bow Wow, 50 Cent, even Trey Songs and Cam Newton, we're, it's giving rough, right? Not saying that they're bad, but it's almost like she has a type, like bad boy, kind of giving that edgy vibe, but that's not what she married. She settled down, and I won't say settled because that sounds like she's settling, but that's not the case. She settled down with a very wholesome, well-raised, God-fearing man that appears to worship the ground that she walks on. Now, I will say this. I'm not saying that the other guys that I just mentioned are not wholesome. They, I'm not saying that they weren't ra- well-raised, and I'm not saying that they are not God-fearing. What I am saying is that their outward persona gives a very different vibe than what she actually married. So some say that she settled for safe. I'm not going to say that she settled. I'm going to say that that's what she opted for, right? Someone who would provide and protect. And now, you know, we, you would think that we would be happy for her, right? You would think that we would be like, oh, it's great. This is what you got. You all love each other. It's great. You have a beautiful family. Couple's goals. That's what you think. We would be living vicariously through them. Of course not. We have to go meddling in the happiness. So I will say this. Channing Crowder, who apparently is a former NFL player, never heard of Channing Crowder before in my life. He's a a former NFL player and a podcaster. He came out and said that Sierra was only with Russell because he's wealthy. Now, he stated this on his podcast and then he continued to go on to call him corny and a lame and a square. So then he doubled down, went on The Breakfast Club and said that while he regrets bringing Sierra into the conversation, he stands by exactly what he said. And he said that basically Russell Wilson is goofy and Sierra wouldn't have paid him any attention if he wasn't wealthy. Now, granted, most of these men, I don't think that Sierra would have paid any attention to if they weren't wealthy. And that's because that's the circle that she hangs in. Sierra is wealthy. What super? wealthy woman, or man for that matter, is not hanging in circles with other wealthy people. Side question, but let's really think about it. Of course. But is she only with him because he's wealthy? No, it appears that they genuinely love each other. But this Channing Crowder guy is talking about how he's corny. And the reason why they're together is because he's wealthy. Now, per usual, the couple seemed very unfazed. Sierra and Russell seemed like they didn't care about what Channing Crowder had to say. And Russell clearly did take mental note, though. But he didn't say anything. They didn't comment back. They didn't respond. They didn't put out a statement. But he clearly took mental note because recently he shared a video of him surprising Sierra at one of her events. And he had this big bouquet of flowers. And the caption said, stay squared up, my friends. Squared up, my friends. So clearly it was a subtle dig to Channing and all of the other hyper-masculine men that feel like, well, I will say the hyper-masculine men that probably aren't worth a damn, for real, that feel like he's a square or corny. And I honestly feel like it was yet another win for the couple. I feel like I love it because he got his dig in, meaning Russell got his dig back at Channing in a very subtle way. And he went on about his business to live his fairytale life with uh, Sierra. I mean, I liked it. I appreciated it. What are you thinking, Nicole?
1: Shannon, who, who, who? Oh, okay. Because uh, he's trying to, you know, one thing about people, you're going to always have haters, period. If you're doing something that is showing that you are a boss in your own right, anything that's positive, you're going to have haters. And so people coming out of the woodworks uh, accusing Russell of being lame or square or whatever he is that probably don't even personally know the man. It's just, you just want something to talk about so you can get, you little know, clickbait. And that's a shame that we have to down other people or make assumptions about other people in a negative way to get to, to lift ourselves up. Um, I don't know why. A lot of people do that, but it's sort of shameful. And um, let me say this, let me go back to that list because some of those people, Janine, you name, I didn't even know about. I was like, oh, she dated Trey Songs, all right. Okay, I don't know. But I wonder if Sierra just sits there sometimes and think, dang, I almost had little puppies, you know, with Bow Wow, you know, just, just saying. Like I, I don't, I mean, she came up talking about Russell is lame. No, no, no. She came up. I mean, when I say came up, she came up, up okay? Because the people, you name it, Future. Come on, you ain't going to the White House for Future. It ain't gonna happen, little Bow Wow. Lloyd is is Lloyd even around anymore? I'm just saying. So uh, she went from those people, the B-list to the A-list is what happened, okay? Mine's Cam Newton. I like Cam Newton. Russell, definitely, definitely the A-list. And for people like, oh, she's married him because he got money. Well, she got money too. I mean, <laughs> obviously that's not the reason that she's with him because guess what? People that got money are not going to marry somebody just because of the money, I think that we forget
0: that it's about proximity. You marry the people that you come in contact with. You don't marry, I mean, for the most part, we don't marry random strangers. And if you are running in the same circles as other wealthy people, then that's what you're going to marry. Just like if you're running in the circles with the poor people, you're going to marry somebody that's poor. Like, that's just how this works, right? So, like, I think that it's not fair. Like, at a certain point of wealth, everybody is just wealthy. Just one person is more wealthy than the other. They're way past what we could probably even imagine. They've built these careers and then taken the money that they built from their original career and then spun that into a second, third, fourth, fifth, tenth career. It just so happens that we know that Russell Wilson is making this kind of money because he's in the NFL and they talk about how he's the highest paid and blah, 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 blah. That's why we know. Y'all just don't know how much money Sierra is making, but she's a business owner and she's been doing this. And she, to my knowledge, owns her masters and she dances and all of the other like she is making plenty of money on her own. Do you want her to go out and find somebody that's going to take her money? Because then we would be having a podcast episode about that. Pick one. Can't we just be happy that they're in love? Like when you were raised, Nicole, didn't people say like, no, the good girls always want the bad guys? And then you wonder how did they end up with the bad guy? And you're like, oh, it's because of the pressure, of the outside pressure. Like marry the one that's safe. And I'm not saying safe like boring. I'm saying like, he's the one that's hopping out the bushes with flowers to surprise you. I'm sorry. I would prefer the hopping out the bushes with flowers to surprise me than the coordinating with your baby mamas. That's just me.
1: Any day. I love
0: black love. And you, we both do, right? But the one thing that I love, the most about us is that we just have our, in relationships, we tend to have our own language. As people, we tend to have our own language. You know, we can talk to each other based on where we're from, the neighborhood we're from, the state city we're from, wherever. And we can have our own little conversation that nobody else can understand because that's our communication. That's how relationships are to me, right? And I just love the relationships where it seems like everything else is gone. It seems like, the, the, the cares of the world just cease and they just live in their own space and nothing else matters but the two of them. And that's the kind of relationship that Russell and Sierra seem to have to me. If you watch this video, she stops in her tracks and she's like, oh, my goodness, what are you doing here? It, it almost looks like a kid and their parents pull up and they're like, oh, my gosh, Disney World. That's that look that she has on her face. And square or not, if that's the look you put on your woman's face, you're doing a good job. Call him what you want that's how I feel.
1: So Janine, let's go ahead and help some of our listeners now. And let's talk through it segment. Let's do it. All right. So my letter reads, Nicole and Janine, I feel like my husband doesn't appreciate me. He used to be romantic, often surprising me with flowers at work or just calling and tell me he misses me. But over the years, his affection has slacked off. He goes to bed early. So we have very little intimacy. We barely go out. He says it's because he's working to provide for us. For reference, he works as an electrician, but I work too as a paralegal. So we both equally share financial responsibilities of the household. I have felt lonely in my own house for years, always yearning for more affection. Now I'm thinking about leaving my husband. All but one of my kids is out of the house and my youngest is a senior in high school. There's an attorney at work that has shown me the attention my husband hasn't. We haven't been intimate, haven't even kissed, but spending time with Kim lets me know that I need to feel loved. My best friend keeps telling me not to do it because, as she says, it's rough out here in these streets. But I have begged for my husband to show affection and prayed for his heart to be softened for me for so long that I'm tired. Ladies, what would you do? How long before enough is enough? Alex.
0: Alex, this is very intense.
1: If you're praying for
0: your heart to be softened enough, look, let me say this. To me, lack of intimacy is a reason to leave a marriage. My personal opinion. Now, would I say leave your husband for that? No, but I'm saying that is it a justifiable reason to leave a marriage? I would say so. Janine's personal opinion. But let's get to the bigger situation that we have here. There's somebody that's giving you, I think you said it as an attorney, that's giving you some attention at work. Alex, I would say steer clear of that. Until you are clear of whatever situation that you are dealing with with your husband, and until you are comfortable with whatever decision that you ultimately are going to make, I think that you need to focus on what your next steps are going to be. And by your next steps, it's like you're praying, But you also are kind of working against yourself by reveling in this attention that this attorney is giving you. Let me tell you from experience, marriage is a lot of hard work. And one of the things that you have to be very clear about is where your mind is and the things that are influencing you from outside of your marriage. It's very, very easy to get outside influences into your marriage that you don't even know that they're coming in. A little attention here, a little conversation there, a little this, a little that. And then you wonder, like, why am I so angry with my husband? Or why am I so disturbed by what he's doing when this didn't disturb me before? Conversations with your girlfriends, things that you've seen. You have to be mindful of what you allow into your gates. And what you allow into your gates can truly, truly affect what's going on in your marriage. Not in a favorable way. So my suggestion, Alex, is to focus on your marriage. And if your marriage is in trouble, put all of your attention into your marriage. Once you determine what you want to do, you can stay with your husband. You can leave your husband. Those are the only two options. There's no hurting. There's no harming. There's no cussing out. That's not worth it. What you're going to do is make the decision as to whether this is a marriage that you'd like to stay in or a marriage that you would like to leave. And once you are clear about that decision, then you can start entertaining the attorney or then you can start entertaining whatever outside Factors you would like to entertain. But what I would say is don't pray and worry about it at the same time. And I know people say that all the time, but you're praying for something and then you're turning around and working against yourself. So pray for it. And what you're praying for, you need to work for that same thing. And if you don't want to work for it, stop praying for it. That doesn't make any sense. I'm not going to tell you to leave your husband, but I will say that intimacy, I personally would rather that you have a one night stand and cheat at a single time than for you to not be intimate with me. Now there's nothing that I can blame it on except for myself. And it's just some kind of blow to the ego as to why you don't want to sleep with me if you are not sleeping with somebody else, right? If we're just not being intimate, I'm now confused. Now I have a lot of questions and now I'm probably going to resent you. What do you think, Nicole?
1: So I'm really surprised you didn't tell her to leave this man. And I say this because one, Y'all must have been married for a while. I don't know how long they've been married. You didn't say that, but you got kids that are not in high school anymore. You got one child left in the house, right? So y'all probably been married for a minute. And sometimes when you've been married that long, people start to get a little bit complacent, right? We get used to the same old schedule, wake up, take a shower, get dressed, eat breakfast, go to work, come back home after work, take a shower. Watch the same TV show you're going to watch, you know, eat dinner, get in the bed, watch the same old cooking network, (laughs) food network, and fall asleep. So you've probably gotten into a pattern at this point. Y'all are both working. So most people that work a lot, they're not taking off a lot either. So you're not intentional probably about family vacations or family trips. And I'm not saying that that is you, but thinking about how he says, that. oh, he's working, you know, he's working to provide. But family, that's not, for me, I'm like, okay, well, he's, you're a paralegal and he works as an electrician. I assume that y'all are both working a lot to provide for your kids and your household. But you seem to be more willing to be more flexible, whereas he is like, no, I just got to work. So what I would suggest that you guys do is one, talk to your husband and say, listen, this is what I need. Okay. These are the things I need. And if you don't really know what you need, then you need to sit down and assess what you need. Okay. Because you need to. Tell him what you need. What we need to stop doing, because we do this, we expect for everybody to be like Russell Wilson, popping out of the bushes with a bouquet of flowers and telling us we're, we're beautiful and want to drop their pants and have sex with us in the middle of the day, okay? Because that's what they and That's what Sierra and Russell portraying. Every, everybody not like that, okay? Some people are working and so they are tired and When you are tired, the longer you go without sex, the longer you're going to be without sex. Those intervals keep getting longer and longer. So you really do have to be intentional, but you have to go to your mate and say, listen, this bothers me. I can't live like this. We need to make something happen. And so you'd say, I need sex. Okay. Be blunt. And then the other piece you may want to do is say, hey, I think that we may not be on the same page because I'm not happy. Do you want to go to counseling? Are you and at the point in, in this marriage that you want to make it work at all costs, because I'm telling you at the rate we're going, I know that you're doing well to provide for the family or at least help provide for the family if you're both pulling it equally. But that's not enough for me. I need more from you. And would you be willing to go to counseling for me? And if he says no, or gives you pushback. Then at that point, you understand that you are not the priority. And somewhere there's been a shift there. And if he's not willing to put the work in and you're trying to put the work in, you can't work by yourself. You have more than one person in a relationship. But if you, even if you're not arguing and fighting and nobody's cheating, if you're not getting your needs fulfilled, okay, emotional needs, physical needs, and you're bringing that directly to your spouse and saying, I'm not going to be able to be in this relationship unless we fix this. And this is the first step I propose to fix it. He says no, and doesn't propose anything else. Then there's nothing else you can do. Then you do need to leave him. Okay. Because you can't be the only person working. If he don't care and you care, then guess what? That's net, no care. Okay. So that means you need to move on. Now about this other man, it's real easy to feel like someone else is showing your attention. That's amplified when you're not getting it at home. Super amplified. And so, Janine, when I read this letter, I didn't take this as she had cheated. I took this as somebody showing her attention and she's not acting on that attention, but this attention has let her know this is what I'm lacking. I actually need this. This is not that I want to cheat, I need this in my marriage. And so I've now been taking steps to pray and be intentional with my husband, but nothing's working. Okay. Because just because you recognize how you want to be treated doesn't mean you acted on that. So I, from this and I could be lying. I mean, she could have, you know, she could be flirting with the man, but from what she's saying, she's saying, you know, Hey, this attorney is showing me real nice attention and flirting and stuff. And I don't really want to be with him, but it lets me know that I actually do need to fill up. I like how I feel when I'm being shown some attention. And that's real. Women need attention. We are delicate creatures, even, you know, like Janice is the strong black woman. We want. Attention. Every woman wants to feel beautiful. Every woman wants to feel worthy. Okay. And when you're being rejected, because this is what's, ha- what's happening, when you're not being intimate and you want the intimacy, you're yearning the intimacy, but that person doesn't feel that same way. That's rejection to us women. Okay. It's rejection. And when you feel that sense of rejection, you want acceptance so bad that you are doing whatever you need to do to get acceptance. Now, some women, and I'm not saying Alex, but some women will go ahead and go cheat on Joe, can cheat on her husband and go ahead, and you do what you do, I do what I do. We get this child here, get him out of school, and then I'ma leave you. Okay. Or we can stay in this good setup because you're not complaining. So I'm gonna stop complaining and I'm gonna give my needs fulfilled somewhere else. And so then you're gonna be wondering why I ain't complaining. And when you do roll over eventually and you horny, I'm gonna be like, uh uh, nope. Because I'm already fulfilled by somebody else. Now a lot of women were going to do that. I would approach it as if Hey, go directly, say, this is what you need. Say, this is the steps I want to work on it. If he doesn't want to do that and doesn't propose some other action, okay, then baby, you gonna have to move on. I said, and y'all know I'm not the person to tell you to move on, but if they're not trying with you, then you got to move on.
0: I agree, Nicole. Let's go back to something that you said really quickly. You said that she's not cheating. I will say this. The appearance of evil is what you are supposed to avoid. If you continue to seek and/ or accept attention from someone who continues to give you attention, and that's a, a huge point to you, and as you said, we're super delicate and we like attention, and you're not getting that at home, you're going to continue to seek more from that person, and you're going to care less about the attention that you're not getting at home. So I'm not saying that she was cheating. What I'm saying is, focus on home. Stop focusing on the attention that you're getting elsewhere because that will look more and more appealing. And your husband that you made the commitment, the vow before God with is not going to look as appealing as it should. And we all know that the grass is not greener because you're going to get with that man who gave you the attention now and then that's going to become regular and then you're not going to get the same attention. I'm going to move on to our letter. So our letter says, hi, ladies, love the podcast. You all get me through my morning commute. I believe I'm all cut up now, so I figured that I would write in. My husband is an amazing man. He is a great father and a great provider to our two kids and myself. However, he's just super macho. He doesn't believe in whining or dining or even romance, he says. His philosophy is that he provides so that I don't have to work, so I should just be happy. But I want flowers and dates. And silly mixtapes. Yes, I know. I'm aging myself. Ladies, how can I get my husband to be less macho and more romantic? Please help. Signed, Kiana.
1: Kiana, my question is, how was he when he met you? You know, was he macho when he met you? What was he doing? Like, were y'all high school sweethearts and he was on the football team and you were a cheerleader? Like, how did you not know this man was macho when you met and married him? Okay, Because if he's always been like that, then the problem is not him as you, right? Because you decided to marry somebody that showed you who they really were. You ignored who they really were, thinking you could probably change him into what you need. And then the joke was on you because at the end of the day, he did not change. Now, if he was some way at the beginning and now you've just been married a long time and he's changed, I understand that. That happens when people get complacent like the first letter. But the thing that makes me think, I don't know if this is the case, is that you say he's just macho. That describes who he is. He's macho, which to me means he's always been macho. One thing you cannot do is change a person. You can change somebody's perception. You can also change the way somebody addresses you, okay, if you address them and ask them to. But you can't change somebody's actual personality. So my question is, have you seen him? Has he ever been a romantic? And if you want a hopeless romantic, but you married a macho man, then you're going to have to have a real come to Jesus with yourself and realize that you husband's not going to do that. Ladies, we need to stop trying to change these men. Everybody's man is different. My husband is not Russell Wilson, okay? He is not. James would rather buy me a gift than cuddle with me and show me words of affirmation. Okay. That, that is him. And we've had to get on the page and I've been like, baby, I don't need a gift, but for him, he likes gifts. So people that people tend to express their own love language. Okay. We had to literally get on the same page. And now I realize he values this and I value that. And once we figured that out, then he will give me my occasional compliment and I'm good. I'm good for however long, you know, I'm good for a week. And he knows this is the frequency that Nicole's going to start complaining. So I need to be strategic about that thing. If you care enough about that other person, you will meet them where they are and you will give them what they need. Okay. So if you tell your macho husband that, hey, this is what I need. I really want, you know, you to be, you know, silly, goofy with me, you know, let your guard down around me. And maybe he is macho because he's building, he's he's hiding something. He's built up a wall. How was his childhood? What did he have to go through? What were his struggles? Maybe he has a reason for having, you know, being more macho than you want him to be. Some of that also is going to take some counseling to break down those walls. So I would say if he's been like that, you're going to have to be a little bit more patient and you have to be a little gentle in your delivery of saying, Hey, why don't you do X, Y, and Z? Or can we do this? You know, perhaps suggest some things that you can do. And then what does he need? What is his love language? Because usually if somebody is getting what they need, they're going to try to give you what you need, okay? Or are you both miserable? Because that's the thing too. Okay. People break down and they're like, I'm not getting what I need. And he over there, like, I'm not getting what I need either. So if I'm not getting what I need, then you're not getting what you need. So figure that thing out. And I love the fact that y'all are transparent with us, but y'all, y'all need to be transparent with your husbands because I, we read these letters week after week. And there's very, very few times that people actually say, I talked to my husband about this. You know, the first letter did mention she's been praying
0: I think she said that she's been praying for the Lord to soften her heart towards him, right?
1: Yeah, but she didn't say nothing directly to her husband. So yeah. I, have a, I have a problem with that. You know, you, y'all are displaying your heart, laying your heart on the table with, with you know, ketchup and mayonnaise on the side for us to lather. But you need to actually tell the person you're with the, what you're telling us, okay? And, and lay out your case like you're laying it out to us so that he can then say, hey, I didn't know you felt that way. Or he can show you that he doesn't care that you feel that way. And that will open doors and answer a lot of questions for you based on his response.
0: I agree. I think that you know what you're getting into. It doesn't sound like your husband has changed. It sounds like it sounded great when he was macho and he was paying the bills and you probably thought like, oh, it's fine. He pays the bills. I get to stay at home. Right. And now you realize that it's a little bit more than being able to stay at home and having sex when you need to. It's about some attention and now you want flowers and romance. But if you didn't get flowers and romance to begin with, let me tell you something. I am a firm believer in training the man that you're with to be the man that you want. I'm not saying that you can change them, but you train them. When you start seeing the behavior that you are not comfortable with and or when you see things that you're like, "Hmm, I think I would prefer to have this. You train them, you tell them the way that they know how to treat and handle you specifically, and not just any woman that comes across, that they come across, is you tell them what you like and what you don't like. To your point, Nicole. People are very good at having conversations with our girlfriends. We're, we're good at this. Let's be honest. We're good at having conversations with our girlfriends. We're good at conversations on the internet, Twitter fingers, writing into our podcast. And we appreciate you writing us in, but we want you to do the work. Have a conversation with your spouse because guess what? We can give you all the advice in the world, but girl, we're not laying down with you at night. And if you want your husband to lay down with you at night, in the manner in which you'd like him to lay you down, you're going to have to have a conversation with him. Now, if y'all can't communicate, then maybe you need to part ways and have a conversation with somebody else that wants to lay you down properly. We are not laying you down, but we want you to be very realistic about life. And the way that you change things is by doing the work, having the conversations, probably very uncomfortable conversations, but conversations that need to be had nonetheless, Go home and have a conversation with your husband. Tell him, I love the fact that you're macho. I love that you provide for me. I love that I don't have to stay home and you're a great father to our kids. And I have no complaints. Sandwich it in. Remember the compliment sandwich that Nicole always reminds us of? You're amazing. This is what I would like to change. I would like to have romance. I'd like to have the mixtapes. I think that's cute. I remember mixtapes, girl. You're not old. We right there with you. I would like to have date nights. I'd like to have flowers. Tell him those things, and then tell him, and this is why I love you because I know that you can do this. I need you to do this for me so that we can grow and and you know what, if we're wrong, and your husband wasn't like this, try to ask him what was the shift? What changed? Did he just get comfortable? Just say, "Hey, I want to go back to when we were dating each other, right? Maybe it was the kids. I don't know how old your kids are. If the kids are young, y'all are probably in the rat race. That's life. life has gotten in the way. Rekindle your romance. And get back to what got you all together to begin with. I think you'll be safe. Kiana, Mm -hmm. you got this. We believe in you, girl.
1: All right, Jenny. So
0: what did you learn new this week? So I actually learned a couple of things. There are about 60% of men. This is according to a a poll that was on a Glamour. Essentially, there's 60% of men who don't marry for love, so to speak. But they marry the person that they're with when they're ready to get married, which is interesting. And also there is a list of 21 things that you should look for when you're looking for someone to marry. And you should say yes, if the man has 21 things. So there are a whole bunch of them and I will post them. But one of the ones that stuck out a lot to me is he's incredibly handsome without trying. And that stuck out to me because you can be handsome and not be traditionally handsome. But your personality can make you handsome. Ask Jay Z. Okay, and then the last one that stuck out to me was he's mature. And I'm not necessarily talking about age mature. I'm talking about emotional, emotionally mature. And you know, emotional maturity is something that's hard to come by these days. So you find a man that has emotional maturity,
1: girl, you better go ahead and hang on to him. Nicole, what did you learn new this week? So what I learned. Uh, And I'm relearning because this is according to 2022 data Q research. We still have 12 percent of married people, 18 to 60, that report not being intimate for over three months in their marriages. I just don't get it. The pandemic has not helped sex in marriage is what I'm saying. That is what I learned this week, because I feel like I might have given this stat a minute ago with like 2018 data. And it's almost the exact same numbers with 2022 data. So being cooped up, looking at your spouse did not help you, okay? Did not help you at all with the intimacy in your marriage. All right, you ready for the motivational moment? Let's do it. Ladies, know yourself, your desires, and your needs, and make them plain to your spouse. Fellas, not only is treating your wife or girlfriend like queen that she is not square, it is the expectation, Thinking otherwise will have you sleeping in bed alone. Until we meet again, pray, work, slay, and show off your melanated excellence. Bye! Bye. Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations
0: on IG at oh, that's deep BWC. Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations